previously on D&D&D. What's the plan, Juno? What's the plan? What'd you hear, Juno? There are three guys. No, no, uh, there are three orcs, evil orcs, and they are trying to open something down there. I Do don't... they sound really nefarious and evil? Do they just do grunts? Like nasty boy grunts. Uh, they were, they, I mean, I, I've, when I first heard their language, it sounded like grunts to me, but I've learned it over time, and uh, it, no, they're just talking. Were they talking about real evil, bloodthirsty stuff? Were they saying bad things about your mother? Were they talking about who they killed and how many kills they've amassed over the years? These are all things that I would think they would be talking about, yes, but yeah. they weren't. They were just talking about, you know, being bored. Oh, that board sounds orcs? really relatable. It does, right? It's so weird. That's I've really been bored weird. before. Yeah, I have too. You ever been bored, you know? I have been bored. Just like does those this, orcs. Does this present a conflict for you? I, I feel like something's happening here that I don't understand, but yes, it does. Yeah. As you walk down this corridor and you you get to the stairs, you start hearing the sounds of the trebuchet uh, louder and louder. And you can hear kind of some orc speak of this kind of like weapons crew kind of talking back and forth. What are they saying? They're complaining about the futility of this task. They're like, we've been shooting at this thing, just wasting rocks. Like we're getting low on ammunition. They're not going to come out. Like we got one of them. Like, what are we doing? You know? So now you're down the stairs and just around the corner from here is a big opening that you feel a breeze now because it's, this is a huge open air opening. If you look around the corner, you see the orc crew kind of working it and then you see smaller catapults and ballistas also arrayed in this battery. How many orcs? Six. Six orcs. And they're made of wood. The, the catapults? Are not made of wood. Oh boy. Yeah, the orcs are <laughs> so not wait, we just, we have to walk past these guys to go any farther the next kind of door you would have to walk past the opening to get to okay sabas you got any tricks up your wizard sleeve i'm just afraid of attracting a ton of attention because like stealthy fire so you're not like open to the atrium right now there's a there's a wall to your Mm. left i think we should sneak past yeah i think we could try sneaking past it is difficult for me to say this because they are the ones that injured koirim Murder them. There's six, though. There's five of us. We'd have I to... would murder them all. If you can do it, do it. I'm starting to feel crusty. <laughs> but the trebuchets, they will come. They we gotta... Sound moves up. Ju- I'm not yelling. Sound moves up, Juno. Wait, what They're does that mean? They're not going to even listen. And maybe we could bewitch the trebuchet to keep making noises. Okay, we can kill them. I thought we were just going to sneak past them. What, are they going to come down, though, eh? I don't know. I just have this dagger and this bloodlust. But we just... Hey, you know what? I feel you. But you just, like, mm. totally fucking murdered an orc. Just just think about that. It never is sated once oh, it begins. God, now there's two of them. All right, let's sneak past then. Let's just sneak past. All right, roll your stealth checks. I'm going to roll perception checks. If these stealth checks go it. bad, we can, 20, we can do... 20! That's 20. Nice. 20. 29. 
What'd you Nat get? One. Oh no. Nat one. Uh, Nat one. As the team tries to sneak past the open battery to the other door on the opposite end of the corridor, Flax slips on some orc blood that drips down his boot, falling and making uh, quite a clatter, drawing the attention of the six orcs. Everybody roll for initiative. Oh. Oh. God damn it. I'm so disappointed. 11. 13. 21. I got 18, technically. 14. So the order for this combat is Flack, Fletch, Orcs, Juno, Zabbis, and Margarine. Flack, what do you do? You're about 30 feet from the trebuchet where there are three orcs kind of working it. There is kind of a, a bigger guy who seems to be kind of like the, the crew boss who's off to the right, closer to the ballistas. It's open to the outside. There's a small railing, but there's... A precipitous drop right after that because it's the edge of the rock spire that leads to the water and everything below. Now that you've turned to face them, off to your right is a separate room that looks to be a kind of storeroom where they're pulling the ammunition from. To the left, there's a huge rack of giant arrows or bolts, I guess, that would be the the, uh, ammunition for the ballistas. Everything's smooth stone floor. I'll cast Crown of Madness. I, wh- who's the leader-looking person here? Yeah, there's one that kind of looks like sure. he, he's the kind yeah. of boss. Let's crown him as leader <laughs> with the Crown of Madness. Huh. Uh, one humanoid of my choice that I can see must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become charmed by me for the duration, which is up to one minute. Wisdom, not the strong suit for orcs. Yep. Uh, what's your spell save, DC? 14. Nope, he fails. Okay. Uh, so while the target is charmed in this way, a twisted crown of jagged iron appears on its head and a madness glows in its eyes. The charm target must use its action before moving on each of its turns to make a melee attack against a creature other than itself that you mentally choose. So I mentally choose the one next to him. This target can act normally on its turn if you choose no creature or none are within its reach. Okay. Is it just for one turn? On subsequent turns, I must use my action to maintain control over the target or the spell ends. Also, the target can make a wisdom saving throw at the end of each of its turns to end the spell. Okay. All right, cool. So, Fletch, what are you doing? Uh, I take out my longbow, not my stormtail bow. (laughs) Regular longbow. Regular longbow. Okay. Um, I can attack twice, and it's got piercing properties. So I'm going to just try to shoot one of them. Okay. I guess it doesn't really matter which one. 18? Yep. So six. That's one of them. Yep. And then... You can go same one, different one? Yeah, let's do same one. Okay. 20. Yep. Two. That's a hit. And then nine. In rapid succession, you watch as Fletch pulls two arrows from his quiver, letting them (laughs) loose one right after the other in such a blur that you can barely perceive it as two separate shots. Each arrow fly and hit an orc, one in each eye. (laughs) <laughs> Killing wow. it dead. Nice. Hell yeah. Nicely done. Like uh, that. <laughs> that was with style, too. Now it's the orc's turn. They're going to rush after you guys, and they're going to... Wait, what about Crown of Madness, boy? Oh, yeah. Crown. Of... So Crown of Madness yep. can't move before moving. Before moving. He's not within range to attack anybody. He's not, like, right next to anybody. I oh, thought there was shit. a guy next to him. No, he was off kind of to the side. He can't move, so he has to like be like right next to somebody, and he's separate a little bit. So he swings at open air and then Truly makes a mad. wisdom save and fails. So he's still controlled. And then I guess can I guess you if you can move him, he'll yeah. What my spell suck? Just drop him off the. Yep. Make him jump off the ledge. I don't think I can do that. Though. Not with this. Yeah, but... it just says 
It must use its action before moving on each of its turns to make a melee att attack against a creature. Doesn't say anything about its movement, like how it moves or who controls its moves. Well, if it acted normally, it would be near other orcs because it would rush to attack you guys. So you could take like one turn off so that it's next to things if you want. This is a dumb spell if they're not right oh, next to Oh, you're so defeated. Someone. Yeah, because my spells suck, dude. You have lots of good spells. You have, have buff spells. spells for us. I don't know. That guy's just got a cool-ass crown, I guess. That's his turn. The remaining five are going to run at you guys, and I'll pick five, one and Five? Isn't you. one dead? Yeah, Mike killed one. But one of them's I thought crazy. there were six. So there'd be four so coming four at us? So four would be coming after four us. Be, yeah, okay. If this guy Because, like, what does this fact, guy do? Just stand there? Swings goes, it open air. And then just stays <laughs> immobile. Dumb spell. I mean, it's basically a hold spell. Yeah, you took him out of contention for right now. Uh, okay, so the attack on Fletch misses. The attack on Margarine misses. The attack on Juno hits. The attack on Zabbis hits. Zabbis takes six damage. Juno take eight. Yes. Good. <laughs> So these orcs draw axes from strapped across their backs. They run at you, axes in hand. They take swings, bite into your armor. Next is Juno. So you've got an orc in front of you who just hit you. Oh, I do, don't I? Yeah. Hello, my good friend. You've got buffs against orcs too, eh? Oh, yes. I have plus four to damage, so... Oh, damn. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So I'm using my Scythe of the Times uh, just to do a regular hit and using it... Uh, one-handed, I'm going to try and lop this guy's head off. Ooh. Nice. Come on! Is that what a one? is it? It's a one. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. It's if no guy. one's attacked this guy yet... No one has. Then I can roll again. Okay. Whoa. Is that one of your hunter abilities? Yes. Okay. Well, I rolled a three. <laughs> Are you going to silent the times? Yes, I'm using it already. Okay, uh, Juno and this orc are encased in a bubble of temporal energy that goes back six seconds. <laughs> I mean, I just feel it. I got it. I got it. I need this. Fifteen. Fifteen does it. Oh, nice. thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's get some good damage going. Seventeen. Yep, you kill it. Hooray. Nice. So the rest of you, all you see is Juno reach back with his scythe and lop off the head of this orc in one swift, effortless motion. Nice. Not Juno's so cool. Yeah. Wow, that was efftless. That was awesome. Yes. Zabbis. Oh wait, no, I get more. Oh, you do. What? You get a second. You have. I get a second attack and, and Hordebreaker. Yeah. Is anyone within five feet of this boy? Uh, yeah. Uh, other orcs. You're standing next to one of your teammates, and the uh, other orc that had attacked that one is is near enough where you can reach. I'm also sure. going to just use Hordebreaker and attack this guy okay. within five feet of my first target. Great. Fifteen. Yep. Again. 18. With the momentum of your first swing, Juno, you spin around and catch the, another orc with an upswing. Yes. Uh, slashing him from hip to shoulder as blood pours out and the orc falls to the ground, bleeding to death. You kill Dang. it. Oh, it feels so good. And one more time. 18. Yeah, that does it. Okay. 15. 15. Just this dance of death as Juno drops three orcs leaving only two, the crowned one and the one in front of Margarine left alive. Just then, before Zappos can act, you hear a kind of loud splash and see this kind of eruption of water from high up in the waterfall, like mid-level in the waterfall, as this projectile flies from within the waterfall and crashes into the trebuchet, exploding it into a hail of splinters. Everybody make a dexterity roll. Oh, shit. Quirin, what are you doing? 
Oh, no. I got 19. 18. What was the check? Dexterity. 18. 11. 10. Flack and Juno take six damage as you're skewered by shrapnel. Oh, wow. One of the orcs is also hit with shrapnel. That's the crowned boy. The one in front of Marjorie is still unaffected. It is now uh, Zavis's turn. Um, I'll cast magic missile. Great. I'll do two on the one that's by Marjorie and one on the crown guy. Okay. Now, because the crown guy got hit, does that break the spell? It doesn't say. Okay. So, no. So, it's there two, four. So, six on one? Yeah. You kill that one. And then three. On the crown one. The crown one was the one who took damage, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's looking real bad. Okay. It's Marjorie's turn. Uh, that guy's still in front of you. What do you do? Okay, I've got two arms and two weapons. I raise Juno's short sword to go after the one in front of me. Okay. Seven plus seven, 14? Yes. <laughs> 11. All right, you kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you rolled three ones, you would kill it. Not I rolled... A bunch of numbers. I have a question. Yes. Bonus actions. Yeah. Can they only be taken during combat? I realized I should always be doing bardic inspiration. I always forget I'm going to start doing that. But it's like a bonus action. Mm. But like. Yeah. So at the start of your turn, you can be like bardic inspiration yeah. and then do. But that's shit. only during combat. Yeah. If only you had done that, yeah. and then maybe I would have I would have hit this guy because I just Let's rolled. Let's not play that game. You <laughs> killed him, though. No, yeah. I killed, I've killed the, the first guy. guy, but I wanted to throw my dagger at the other one, so I just rolled, and it was a nine. Yeah, that'll miss. So your dagger goes sailing over the edge out oh, no. into the... What? Yep. Oh. Out into the... In, my buddy. There's a small bloop as it drops into the lake below. Oh. Well, more sport for the rest of us. Flack, it's back to you. There's only Crown Boy left, and he's looking real rough. Okay. He stab uh, himself? No, he can't stab himself. No. He cannot. I'm just going to break that spell and walk up to him and stab him with my rapier. Okay. 20 Dude, this plus is cool. Hit. Celebrate it. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're no fun. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's like a 19. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. Okay. Do you see a cool line? Oh, wait, no. Let me use my uh, bonus, my bardic inspiration. Can I do that? Sure. Okay, I'm going to give it to you. I'll give it to Zabbis. So now Zabbis has a bonus D- D8 because I'm past level five. Yeah, so I like sing a song, Zabbis. You're super inspired. And now you have a bonus D8 that you can roll and add that number to one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw. That's and real you, good. you can wait until after you roll the D20 to decide to use it. So you cannot add that to damage, but you can add it to pretty much anything else. Correct. Wow. And now I plus eight. Yeah, it's a, it's a, no, it's a plus D8. Oh, a D8. So you'll roll to see the number, and I should be oh, doing cool. that all the fucking time, but I haven't. Uh, you also... How long do I have? Ten minutes. You also have the ability that you gained the in the Bone Dice challenge. Your, like, dad's song that you learned gives everybody plus one to skill checks for an hour. Can I do that? I mean, you... Not now, because you've... Is it a bonus action? Sure, we'll make it a bonus action. Anyway, roll your damage on this orc. Nine. You walk up to this this orc that you've incapacitated with your crown of madness. Mm-hmm. You casually stroll up to him, and he's he's much taller than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, bigger, imposing, thicker. Uh, and you just kind of casually walk up, draw your rapier, stab him in the neck, and then <laughs> he just falls back dead. I'll be taking my crown of madness back. It just kind of dissipates. Magically. Nice, good enough. 
Okay, so all the orcs are dead, and the trebuchet is incapacitated by the mysterious explosion. You're in this kind of open-air weapons battery, and there's a storeroom off to your right. There's the passage down off to your left. There's the open giant window, for, for simplification's sake, out where you can see the broken stone bridge to the main entrance to the spire, and the pathway that you came across that leads to the waterfall, the waterfall itself. What do you do? Marjorie wants to uh, look around for potential weapons she can replenish herself oh, with. Oh, hey, hey Marjorie, here, take my short sword. Take my short sword and toss it to Marjorie. She tries to grab it, and what would that be, a dex? Yeah. Eleven? Sure, yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, there's, there you I go. Put Is that it possible through to her see pants. anything? Like, sorry. I know that the orcs have axes. Mm-hmm. Can Marjorie wield an axe? I don't think so. These are big axes. They're big axes? It, it would be, yeah, it would be unwieldy. You would have disadvantage and stuff. It wouldn't be prudent okay. for you to use an axe. Can I go check out the storeroom that had the arrows in it? Sure. As you kind of walk towards the storeroom, you you see in the distance by the waterfall, a group of kind of short, stout figures that you can't quite make out from this distance walk along the path, leave from behind the waterfall along the path kind of towards the broken stone bridge. And then inside the storeroom, as you walk in, there's not much really in there, but there is kind of an ornate chest with a lock on it. And then there's a case with a glass front that's like a breaking case of emergency box with a bucket in it. There's like a a shelf, like a huge rack full of like big stones that are on like hooks so that you can move them easy break in case of emergency margarine clocks that and then wants to get into that chest so i'm gonna check for traps okay oh man why am i always the worst when not in combat this is what would it be what, oof, what would that perception be perception or investigation 10 no okay i'm gonna use my thieves tools to try to unlock that chest okay and I just do that. Oh, no, I have plus 10 on that. Hell yeah. Oh, 20, baby. Oh, yeah. You super unlock the chest. Yeah, you crack it open, like, without even looking at it. <laughs> and then I open the chest. When you open the chest, a trap springs. God yeah, damn it. And you oh, no. take three. So. You're, like, shocked. And you take <laughs> three electric damage. Uh, fuck. But inside the chest is a coiled silver rope. Ooh. Wonder what Pretty man. hefty. Pretty thick. Looks like a pretty serious rope. Bet you could use that rope to climb down and get your dagger that fell. Uh, Do you know how high up we are? Very, very high. Jesus. I grab the rope and I start kind of like testing it and playing with it and tossing it. Sure. Does anything happen? Uh, As you pull uh, lengths of this rope out of the chest, you can't seem to get all of it out of the chest. It's like a clown thing. You just keep pulling rope. Wow. How are you doing that? Yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. cool. I pull like a lot of rope out. And then you, just, you just keep pulling rope. And then I, I take uh, the sword that Stormy gave me and I try to cut it. You can't cut it. I can't cut it. Throw it out the window. Dump, it, dump the chest. See what happens if you t- like tip it. I dump the chest. Are you like picking up the try chest? Try to pick and, like, up the chest. And, yeah. You're just lengths of rope just come oh. out of this oh. chest. Throw it out the window. Wait. Or what if we throw it down? Oh my gosh, it's like, did, oh man, did you guys ever have that book, Straganona, where the lady makes like spaghetti, but it's like magic spaghetti and she floods the town? Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's like Straganona. You just have rope and you can just like drown a town in rope. I feel like we've got a couple we of got options. Italian parents. <laughs> <laughs> we could use it to, to go down to the bottom 
where the human is, but they would see the rope, so maybe not that. But can we drown the human in rope, or can we use the rope to get to Koirim? These are all options. Yeah. Like a rope wave? Oh, actually, can Juno, can Juno do a quick perception check, see if sure. you can see those figures on the other side? Yeah, I yeah. was curious about that. 22. Juno, you walk up to the ledge, you lean against the railing, and you look out across the way, and you can, from this distance, you can tell that these are dwarven shapes. Are they the friends? Yeah. Are they the, are they the guys who are trying to make some some dough? You can't quite make out specific features, but you definitely recognize that these are dwarven shapes. Do they have anything to do with the thing that shot the trebuchet? That would be my guess. Probably. Maybe they use their mining equipment. Okay, we got to decide to do something with this rope. Either we throw it off to the edge out the window, we tie it to something inside here so we have some kind of way to well, get down. Well, let's see if the bucket is anything. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because I wonder if the, the bucket, because you could tie a bucket to, I just feel like, oh. I want to see what this bucket is. Are you thirsty? Yeah. Right, break <laughs> the glass, tall boy. Um, who can break this glass, though, because I can't. That could. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, the, uh, take out one of my short swords. Sure. And then use the butt end of it to oh, smash great. the Love glass. This. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, just roll a strength roll. You got it. 13 plus 1. D8 14. you gave me. Uh, that'll do it. Okay. Uh, you smash the glass, but as you do, you are kind of thrown backwards. Trap. Uh, Didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> it just uh, happened. You're thrown back oh. 10 feet and uh, knocked on your ass. My butt. Uh, but is it the but glass, the glass broke? is broken. Great. I take the bucket. <laughs> okay. uh, when you pick up the bucket, the bucket fills with water. Ooh. Ooh. Spill it out. Okay, I dump out the bucket. You empty out the bucket, and as soon as you write it again, it fills up with water. What if you spill it out and then leave it up, upside, like, upside down. down? Okay, I do that. The A bucket's worth of water falls out, and that's it. Mm. Makes sense. Mm. Cool. I like it. Put it on your head, Zabbos. Oh, yeah, you could be a badass guitar player. Could we, <laughs> could we tie the bucket to the rope and then we could be do shaking anything. it so it would be turning over, refilling, turning over, cool. refilling? Yeah, why? 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 A source of water. Are you thirsty? Maybe we could just take it with us. I was thinking we could drown the orcs, but that's a very slow way of doing so that. I, I, I want to take a taste of this water that keeps refilling. <gasps> like like what if it's non potable? Okay. Uh, it's just water. Oh, delicious. It's just water. <laughs> so, Ooh. guys, we could solve Ooh, like, margin. a big world worldwide problem with this bucket in this universe is there water shortage if I there just are assume like magic buckets we could a bottle water this shortage. water and then sell it yeah and make like a company margarine yeah. is just washing herself of the blood in the corner oh by my the god way. Oh, yeah, totally. oh, yeah. yeah she's getting unreaded oh margarine but then they'll smell your smells and those are good smells but they're not orc smells i'd rather that than this i just realized we're kind of just standing around talking we should keep going we gotta make a decision about this rope. It's good to hang can you, out with Can friends. you put the rope back in the chest? Can I? I try. Yeah, you can put the rope back in the chest. How once, heavy is once, the chest? Once, it would be difficult for you to move the chest. Could I have we? a bag. I have yes. a bag. Bag holding. Oh! Yeah! Bag of holding! Oh, Russell's right. fucking oh, face. Oh, this is fun. We're gonna have infinity rope that comes out of the bag. Yeah, and this bucket. Put that which bucket in the bag. I'll put it in the bag. Yeah, also put it in the bag. Russell hates the bag of holding. Yeah, he does. I, you invented The bag this. of holding was too much to give you this early. <laughs> it's so fun. We could all essentially just hop in the bag and then have one person sneak around. That's oh, right. yeah. 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 DM, deal you with it. put the bucket and the rope chest. Oh, let's not put the bucket in there. What? Why, Why not? We're gonna get everything wet. If no one is touching the bucket, there's no water in the bucket. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It was when you picked it up. Got it. I just don't want Zabbos to wear it on his head. I already have a hat on. Fine. I'll wear it on my head. So I take Ooh. the bucket and I flip it upside down. 
Actually, I have it on in my hands. If it touches you, it's it going to... Okay. on my head, and then I put my pirate hat on top of that. Is okay. it just raining on your head now because no, you're touching it? No, it dumps out one. It just dumps out one bucket's worth. It doesn't oh, continually... Right, yeah. okay. It's got can like a gyroscope in it. Yeah, I can see through it. Are there holes? Right? It's, it's not like over my tip, head. Yeah. You got a small head. It's not a huge bucket. It's a, it's a good shaped head. All right, so you put I'm, the rope you, chest you're in You're giving bag. me so many mixed messages. <laughs> I'm just wondering why this bucket and this rope was in this specific room, but that's... None of my business. That's none of my business. I hate breaking grass. It's almost it's like a puzzle. Saying. You go across the open air space and then you go down into the next uh, corridor. And after you've been walking for a couple minutes, you start to hear like someone kind of like tapping on stone. Fletch, what's your passive perception? Passive perception is 14. Okay, yeah. So you can kind of hear on as if it's on the other side of the walls, uh, footfalls kind of keeping pace with you. Guys, there's somebody on like a specific us. side of us on the other side of that wall. Can I look through Koyrim's helmet? Sure. What do I see? You don't see anything when you just like turn your right. But as you're as you kind of turn your head a little ways up, there is kind of like a a magical kind of outline of one of the stones in the wall. Mm-hmm. And that's so that's like ten feet in front of you on that right wall. Uh, guys, there's a special glowy brick over there. Do we want to tap it? If we do, we should check for traps. Good to know you're learning. Yeah. <laughs> Can I check that mm-hmm. for traps? 11 plus 7. So, 18. It doesn't appear trapped. It's hidden. Like, if without, uh, if Marjorie didn't point this out to you, even with an 18, you wouldn't know it was there. Mm. As far as you can tell, it's it's just stone. Shall I push it? You shall. Do it. Okay, I walk up to it and I touch the... It just slides the side and a uh, dark-skinned human face stares back at you. Oh! oh. Hey everybody, Gressel here with a few quick mid-game announcements, and then we're going to get you right back to it. Thanks so much for listening to episode 29 of D&D&D. Be sure to follow us on social media at D&D&Dpod on Twitter and D&D&Dpod on Instagram, or email us at D&D&Dpod at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody who's tweeted about the show, people like Harley Fitzpatrick at HarFitzPat on Twitter who says, D&D&Dpod is making it hard to study for my meat fabrication butchery lab on Friday, but man, I couldn't make it through these chapters without some form of happiness. Well, thank you, Harley, and I hope that your butchery lab went well. That sounds really interesting and it's probably just because it's not school for me but the idea of a butchery lab sounds really fun and interesting so good luck with that thanks to everybody for understanding that we had to put out a late episode this week we're really sorry about that uh season two is going to be weekly releases uh part of the reason we're going to do that is because it's really tough to get out to a week when we all have regular jobs and things like that so but we still got a few more weeks of double releases while we finish up season one speaking of we're just going to get right back to it thanks everybody do what's fun hello (laughs) is he friendly hello are you wall boy (laughs) (laughs) what's happening hi wall boy it's a young man uh, with like dark, like black curly hair, uh, and he's probably in his like early twenties. Uh, and he's got this big smile on his on his face, and he's like, "Oh boy, am I glad to see some friendly faces!" And uh, he, oh, he sees Koyrim's helmet, and he's like, "Where'd you get that helmet?" My best friend Koyrim. Koyrim sent you guys. Yeah. He like pushes on the wall on his side and the window opens up into a door and he's like, come on in quick, quick, quick. Let well, me- is okay. this the voice we heard earlier? 
No, no we wouldn't. Okay. Rec- we don't recognize yeah, this kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't recognize this kid. Oh, okie dokie. Are you Let's thirsty? Go. I guess I'm a little parched, but that's not really here. Check it out. Go. Check it out. And Merjin takes it's off so her cool. hat, flips it upside down, and it fills with water. Wow. There you go. Drink some of this. It's potable. I mean, that's really more for fires, but... Oh, that's okay. the emergency. Right. Okay, fine. And she puts it back on her head and gets wet. <laughs> Splashes herself. So you go into this kind of like secret passage, and he closes the stone door behind you, and he's like, My name's Malik. Uh, who are you guys? We introduce Malik. ourselves. Sound off. Oh, yeah. Super Mayor Flack. Campaign Mima. Best boy. Or head boy. Fuck. Assistant to the mayor. I find boys like you, Malik. <laughs> well, I'm kind of a man. Oh. But well, you're, you're younger than me. That, Are you, is true. he human? He's human. Elf? Oh, yeah. So you're like a young, you're younger than all of us, pretty much. Like I'm 75 and I'm the youngest. I'm yeah. 236. So I mean I'm 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 in my 40s, but sure. You're oh. a boy to us, Malik. So uh, so you're the team that came with Koyrim, right? Mm-hmm. We're the yeah. team. Yeah, I heard about you. Uh, we've been having some real trouble here, and and I sure am glad that there's some help. I've got kind of a, a hiding space below that we can kind of. You guys look like you really need some help. Uh, from the looks of it, like a Mima. Uh, you, you should really have some nicer weapons than that. <gasps> well, get wrecked, Juno, and restore me. <laughs> she, she had it. I was going to say, get wrecked, Malik. We're doing fine. No, I'm ready for some help. If you're here to help us free our beacon, then you need all the help you can get. It's pretty rough down there. Yo, uh, Malik. What? We, we heard another human's voice Yeah, who's earlier. in charge? Yeah, what's going on there? Let's walk and talk, yeah, baby. Yeah, he's like, come with me and I'll tell you on the way. Got it. Uh, so he leads you into this tunnels. Like, these aren't like the nice manicured stone corridors that you guys were in. These are definitely way rougher. Like, it's not like masoned stone. This is just hewn right from the, the rock that naturally created this place. And there's like sconces and stuff with torches that look super, super old. Like the metal that's holding these are maybe bronze, if not just like copper, you know, like natural occurring metals. And he kind of leads you uh, down and down and you kind of wind down. And he explains that uh, I've been stationed here uh, since I first joined the order. Uh, You guys are part of the order, right? Yup. Gala Doy, Malik. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've been stationed here since I first joined. My uncle was in the in the order. He was a, he was a bard like you. And he points at Flag. Oh, yeah, he was he was a really cool guy. My uncle. Uh, he was kind of a big deal, and and I wanted to follow in his footsteps. Uh, was after- he proud of his abilities in battle? He was. Yeah. So like every time he killed somebody, he was like, "Yeah, I did a good job." Well, I don't know about that. He was happy with his place in life. He he seemed it. I haven't seen him in a really long time. All right. But yeah. Uh, must Just be, saying. Must be easier when you're a human bard. <gasps> now that you're on the in the passages with Malik, you see that he's really short, like for a human. So he he's like, yeah, you know, I guess you know it would be easier being a human, but like you know, we still faced our own you know hardships. Like we're from far away, and people don't always treat us as you know nice as they kind of should and that's the way it is like you do your best and you just you just try to be your best and and uh that's kind of you get the idea that that's kind of what malik's all about i like you malik um, you have a great do your attitude best, forget the rest <laughs> yeah malik so he's like i've been stationed here you know for for a while but and, and nothing really happened like it was kind of a pretty boring life really like you just kind of keep the beacon lit and and you know 
do your prayers. Yeah, and... you sound like some orcs we just murdered. Oh, yeah. Mur- murdered? I mean, it's, it's battle. Like, that's kind of a gray area, but... Oh. Um, well, they were just standing there. Talking about how it's just day, every day, and that's what their life is like. Yeah, I'm, but if, if I'm you, still thinking about that. If you, if you were here when we were first attacked, you wouldn't have much sympathy for these guys. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm the only one kind of not dead or, or captured. Oh. Um, and Genevieve got away, but, but then she came back. What? And, uh, Wait, what? What? Genevieve got away and then came back? She, yeah, she, she got away when we were first attacked, and then she came back, and she tried to kind of just take everything on herself. And, and, uh, Where's she now? Well, come on. And uh, uh. he opens another door. And he's like, we're here. And he leads you into like a furnace room, like a smith like area. This room that you go into is more like the temple rooms that you were in at Galamathir or in the kind of like hidden cave parts uh, where there's like plants and the and uh, like hot springs. And there's all these kind of like benches and tables with like old, old tools and stuff on them. And the room is pretty dusty and dank, but there's kind of like bioluminescent light sources and there's the furnace and the furnace isn't lit right now. And there's kind of like makeshift living quarters. Like this is where Malik has been hiding. It looks like over on a crude gurney in the corner, a green elf woman sits up and it's Genevieve. And she leans up and she's like, oh, you guys enjoy my little prank? Uh, It looks like you made it after all. And she kind of like half laughs, uh, but then like winces in pain. And she's got her arm in a sling and she's covered in blood. Whose blood is that? We are all also covered in blood. (laughs) (laughs) I got hands too. When she uh, winces in pain, Malif like rushes over to her and picks up a a bowl that's next to, on a table next to her and he's like, you have to drink this. And she's like, no, like that, that stuff suppresses my shape-shifting ability. It's not, I can't, like I, I need to be sharp. And Wait, are you hurt? I mean, you look pretty hurt. I have a healing potion. I have cure wounds. (laughs) He's um, yelling this at her. Yeah. And Malik's, like, Malik's like, I'm a cleric. I've tried all that stuff. Like, this is, she's, re- like, she's real in a bad shape. cleric are you, Malik? What kind of cleric? Well, like, what? how good of a cleric, though? Because we're pretty good. Yeah, we're pretty good, dude. <laughs> it's been a while since Zabbos said I'm pretty good at magic. <laughs> yeah, you don't know Zabbos, but Zabbos can, can make plants, bring fire, destroy your world if he chooses. And I can cure wounds. I can cure Genevieve's wounds. I can dance with you. Are you thirsty? If you need to dance. All her like minor wounds have been tended to, but uh, she tells you that when she tried to fly back, uh, she was shot out of the sky while in like eagle form, and that's why her arm's all broken, and then landed in the lake, and when she tried to climb up the outside wall, they dumped oil over out of a like murder hole uh, onto her to kind of like flush her out. I shifted into a monkey to try to climb the outer wall, and that's when they hit me with the oil, and I, I fell into the into the water, and I thought I was dead, but when I came to, I was in this kind of, like, underground docks space I didn't even know existed, and then Malik's like, yeah, I, through these hidden tunnels, I found a, a secret, like, docks that must have been used a long time ago to, like, transport things in and out of the beacon. We thought the only way in and out was the stone bridge, but there's this hidden passage that's just been lost to time. Malik, you're a hero, and I pat him on the back. But oh, also, thanks. how long have you been working here, man? Oh, like a few years. You didn't know about these docks? There's like a huge security risk? We didn't know about these hidden passages. I found them to es- when I escaped. Damn, uh, man. I feel like you should probably have been aware of that. 
Because what if your enemies had, you know, figured it out first and then... Well, that would have been bad, but they didn't yeah. know about it and they still got us, so, you know... Oh, you're right, you have bigger There's problems. holes in security all, right. all around. We'll bring it up at the next <laughs> staff meeting, okay, believe me. Okay. Well, Malik, you kind of uh, dodged a question. Who's running this whole shebang? That's true. We and why are their hostages still alive? That is not Orc's way. We deactivated the beacon to keep them from controlling it, they're trying to turn it into like an evil version. They're trying to twist it and use its power to spread dark energy. It's it, There's this man who's controlling the orcs. Uh, he's trying to get one of us to uh, open the door to the beacon, which is within the like big stone tree. You guys probably saw it. It's pretty mm. cool. Yeah. Uh, when the beacon's activated, it sends this magical energy all throughout the stones. And then the stones up top kind of act as like, an antenna everybody's been refusing to, to give access and uh and everyone now who knows how to open it up is either dead or down here in this room and the only people kind of left in the cage upstairs are uh are just support staff and they don't even know anything and they're being tortured to try to get this open it's it's awful we gotta rescue them but i couldn't do it on my own and and genevieve has been too hurt but now that you guys are here uh i think we got a shot who, what's the name of the guy i don't know what does he look like? When's his birthday? How many arms does he have? <laughs> does he seem like he would own dogs? Is he like a bat? Does he wear glasses? He's like a fancy looking guy with like a goatee and he just looks, he looks like evil. You know what I mean? Sounds like breakfast. Yeah. Is that what breakfast Does he turn like? into bats? I haven't seen him turn into bats, but I didn't really stick around too long to find out. Is um, Genevieve paralyzed? No, she can move. She's just recovering. It's almost uh, like you got what you deserved for pranking people who wanted to help you and taking off on your own. Yeah, I guess you got me there. And then Malik's like, oh, you guys you guys really could use an upgrade if we're going to try to save everybody. Fortunately, I've got the forge down here, and I'm a pretty decent blacksmith. So while we all kind of recover here and, and make sure we're all uh, you know, at 100% to, to fight back, why don't, I, uh, why don't I give you guys an upgrade? Yeah. 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 We're on somewhat of a clock because... It's possible eventually they might notice that we've killed some orcs, especially the ones, the sh- ones at the trebuchet. But uh, if you have any armor, I'd, I'd be interested. Armor is my speciality. Why yeah. do you say it like that? Fur flare. <laughs> he rushes over to one of the like hot springs where there's uh, like this flower growing. And there are these big, white, unbloomed flowers. They're just bul- the bulbs. And he plucks one of the bulbs and he walks over to the forge. And next to the forge, there's like a uh, cabinet. And he opens the cabinet and he says something in Sylvan to the flower and puts it into the cabinet. And it opens up and there's a little tornado in the center of where the flower opens up and he closes the cabinet and that powers the forge the forge springs to life and he's like okay i'm gonna whip some some stuff up for you guys and he there's some food over there uh any of the water from these springs is like really really top notch rest recruit uh you know get better and uh and then once i'm done we can uh we can hatch a plan of attack do we have time enough that we're going to heal on our own or should we use potions and stuff no, this is going to be like a short uh, okay rest how much nice. do we recover all of it or so you can roll any number up to your maximum number of hit dice to recover hit points why wouldn't i roll all of them if you don't need to oh okay full uh, hp full health any magic charge things you're going to get back so juno you get your side of the times back oh uh, like all that stuff. That's, isn't that a once per day, boy? Yeah, but 
I mean, I'll take it, but I just want to make sure. While you guys are tending your wounds, uh, you're kind of watching Malik work. He had on like a like a monk robe, basically, like a big robe. And he takes the robe off to work the forge. And he's this like real thin, short, wiry, you know, wiry guy. And you notice while he's working that Genevieve is like watching him closely. And she's How like... How closely? Closely. Oh, girl. Hey, uh, Malik, you need any help with that? <laughs> take off your shirt. Oh yeah, sure. Like grab this and and you know, uh I'm I'll I'll beat it and you you can squelch it. Okay. Okay. Uh and and squelching of course means taking the hot metal and dumping it in the oil. Of course. That was uh Zabis had asked me before I came over here, so I was just letting him know. Sure. Yep. I Thumbs squ- up. <laughs> Thanks. You're going along with it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing Zabis like sitting on one of the like makeshift gurneys with like a book. It just like. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Are you like trying to like impress? Yeah. Yeah. She's not looking at you at all. You're looking at her. She's got these like really pretty golden eyes that are like flecked with like green in them. She's smiling and they're like lit up. Like this is something that you've never seen in her in the little bit that you've known her. She's never been like this like happy. It looks like this is all while she's like watching Malik work. Can I roll to see if I can infer what th- is causing this reaction? Like if I can tell what their relationship yeah, is? Yeah, sure. Okay. Eight? No, not one eight. <laughs> and he's just like all nervous energy. He's like doing like eight things at once. Marjorie, oh. now clean, goes and sits down next to Genevieve and is like, hey, you uh, you guys kissing? And she's like, what? No, <laughs> no, cr- that's crazy. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to uh, do a thumbs down to, oh. <laughs> to Flag. I put one hand up to hide it from Genevieve and just thumbs down at Flag. Malik comes over to uh, Fletch and he's like, hey, uh, that's a really cool bow there. Uh, can I see it real quick? And he's like talking about your Stormtail um, bow. Yeah, sure. It's a family bow. Oh, sure. I'm not, I'm not going to mess with it. Don't worry. You might get struck by lightning and die instantly. So just handle it with care. You got it, buddy. And he takes it and he restrings it with a string that he pulls out of like a drawer and he's like this is one of the cool you know coolest looking bows i've ever seen but i think this string will probably uh give it a little extra oomph you know you look like a strong guy i think you can handle a little bit a little bit tougher draw and your plus one stormtail bow is now a plus two hey uh malik yeah i really appreciate you upgrading my bow yeah but when you said can i see it i didn't expect you to mess with it oh so Whoa. just just let me know, just like you know, for the future. Well, sorry. No, I I totally appreciate what you did. Just let me know before before you go change a thing. Hey, Malik. Yeah. Is there anything that I have you want to mess with? Yeah. Uh. Well, I think all of you could probably use a, an armor upgrade, and like, if you're part of the order, you should have the right outfits. And then he like yeah. he like wheels out a rack of armor. This is all like really nice leather armor. For all of the armor wearers, Ooh. it's got all these symbols on it, and it's it looks like it's it's really well crafted, but it's, it's dusty. It, it looks pretty old. He's like, I, I found these when I when I found this room, but uh, they haven't been worn in a while. But they're in really excellent shape for being down here so long. Uh, I think you guys could definitely make use of them. And for everybody who has armor, mm-hmm. this is now uh, leather armor plus two. Oh, that's What's nice. Leather armor. Goes up. So now add a two to that. It's hard because Juno's armor. leather armor is sentimental because his dead wife made it. Oh. Uh, so it's he would have upgraded a while ago, but now he's struggling. I totally get that. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I've got, you know, personal stuff that means a lot to me, too. Like, uh, uh, how, about a, how about a shield? Would you use a shield? Yes, I would, I would use a shield. I, I, I want to be protected well, but I also want to be protected with something I value. 
Oh, yeah, totally. I totally get it. When he pulls a leather hide shield off the wall, and on the front you see a symbol that you see on Koyram's helmet and on all the other sets of armor, and he's like, you know, how about this? This is nice. All right, it's plus two to your armor class if you use the shield. I will use this shield. Thank you, Malik. And then he goes over to Zabbos uh, with a like a shoebox-sized box, and he's like, I know that, you know, if you're a wizard, you can't wear armor, but how about these? And he opens the box, and they're these what look like bark bracers. He's like, if you throw these on, you know, they'll give you a little a little extra protection. And uh, once per day, you can cast bark skin. What? Oh hey, God, Malik. What? Yeah. I threw my dagger out a window. Oh, yeah, I got you. <gasps> he, he, like, finishes forging these two small curved blades uh, with a pearl and emerald pommel. And he's like, these are pretty cool. I found these down here, too. If you twist the pommel, you can set it to either radiant damage or thorn damage. So they're magic uh, knives, basically. Uh, I think they'll be perfect for somebody like you. <sighs> there are small curved blades that do 1d6 plus 1 damage, regular. When, depending on how you set them, they either add 1d4 radiant damage or 1d4 thorn damage, and the target, if you hit with that, has to make a constitution save or be poisoned. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I have a rapier. Can they do anything with that? We can definitely do better than just a regular rapier, and there's like a whole rack of weapons. Let's do a rapier plus two. I got some other special stuff for you guys, too. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> he looks Zavis up and down, and he's like, I think I think I got something special for you. And he goes over to a box, like kind of ornate box, and he opens it up, and there's a flower crown. <gasps> And he's, <laughs> and he's like, this one is something that I only read about in books. I couldn't even believe that there was one down here. What happens is once per day, if the wearer falls unconscious, which will be you if you fall unconscious, Zabbos, the flowers open up and emit a horrible smell that shocks the system. Nope. What? <laughs> it's basically a crown of smelling salts. Oh, oh cool. If you make your first like death saving throw, you guys remember when Juno got knocked out and you yeah. had to make those saving yeah. throws? Which yeah. time? <laughs> there were many. If you make your first one, which is just a straight up beat a 10, then you get five health back and you're, al- you're alive again. Oh, cool. You don't have to do it three this times. Only once? Yeah, it's once power. a day. I look insane. <laughs> I have like a big hat on. It's like a pointy hat. Uh, but after you're you're revived for two turns, you'll have disadvantage on any check that that needs vision. You're like disoriented. And then for Juno, you look like you came from farm country. I did. Yeah. Uh, well, I think this might be something cool for you then. And he uh, gives you a lasso of elven rope. Oh. He says this lasso is uh, is enchanted with the powers of uh, the hold person or hold monster spell. So if you make if you use the lasso and you make a successful ranged attack that loops the lasso and then it's as if you're casting hold person or hold monster. So we can resolve that when Yeah, and what it. what do those holds do? It just like stops them from doing anything? Yeah, their sp- their spells that basically like paralyze the subject. Okay. Flack, I got something I got something really cool for you and he like pulls you over to like his little living area and he like rifles through his belongings and he pulls out this flute Ooh. and he's like this flute was my uncle's and when i was like a little kid in plus namzerid <laughs> yeah. what was that yes. what was that that's Today's where i'm from that's the city yeah. oh my goodness we, we've met your kin maybe not your kin but we've heard of it we've heard of it yeah 
my uncle would come and visit and he would tell me stories of, of the, of the, what he was doing with the order. Uh, and he would play this flute, but, uh, you know, I haven't seen him in a really long time and, uh, he left this behind and I, I'm tone deaf. I can't, I can't oh. play it to save my life, but, uh, I know he'd want it to go to another bard in the order. So here you go. Hey, thanks. Hey, what's your uncle look like? He's, he's a little taller than me, but, uh, same kind of dark features, you know. He was he was kind of high up, I think, but uh, he never really talked too much about what his true uh, his true job was here. What was his name? Well, Uncle Majamba used to say that uh, it was a very special instrument that would let him talk to uh, the plants. Oh, so I'm not really sure how it works. I could never figure it out, but uh, I think it's something like that. So what it does is. Uh, it lets you cast speak with plants at will. Anytime you play this, it's not a once per day thing or anything like that. Like cool. after you guys like get all geared up and rest up and. Oh, wait, can I get a sword? I gave mine to that one. Oh, you want your sword back? Oh, no. I mean, do, are you good? Do you yeah, need yeah. It? I got stormies now. You never use your sword. Nope. I just used it for the first time 12 minutes ago. <laughs> Here you go, Juno. And I give Uh-oh. Juno's short sword back. Fletch, you can take your old bowstring mm-hmm. from your Stormtail bow and put it on your regular bow. And okay. that can become a plus two regular bow. That doesn't make the giant thunder okay, so just, Yeah, just a bonus two. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. After you guys like rest up and heal up everything, and Malik explains that there's a secret set of tunnels that the symbol of the order on your armor, on Koyram's helm, and that he had on his cleric robes, let him see the like ways into the secret passages. Like that's not something that everybody knew was there. He didn't know until he was trying to escape and it kind of like made itself known to him. So he's like, use the symbol on your on your armor, and there's like in the like the center chest of your armor is this symbol of a leaf and a moon that lets you like see with this like special lens. He's like, yeah, that's I found these secret passages, and I've been hiding here. Uh, there's one that leads up from here to the storeroom adjacent to the kitchen that leads to the great hall, and that's where they're keeping everybody above the great hall. At the base of the stone trees, the entrance of the beacon, and that's where they're trying to break into. So we might be able to like get our way in through the kitchen and the storeroom, and and uh, yeah, Malik, and maybe sneak up on them. Malik, oof. yeah, Malik, you've had weeks to figure out what your game plan would be. So yeah, I what think, do you need us to do to carry this out? I think this is probably the way to go. Like if we try to sneak in there, see what the what you know, like what the lay of the land is, and hopefully maybe they'll be distracted uh, somehow, and we can get to the, the pen where they're keeping everybody who's left alive, and and maybe we can get them out. After that, I, I'm I'm not really sure. All right, you're not really a plan guy, then, huh? It's pretty vague. Yeah, I mean, what would happen if this tower were to come down? I mean, that'd be probably not good. We need this beacon to keep our, like, kind of protective magic going. Okay, okay. So, like, you know, that's not an option here. Yeah, and I don't really know how you would do that, too. This a is meteor. Like, right oh, you don't, you don't know, know us. <laughs> <laughs> we have caused so many calamities. Uh, We're the poop team. Genevieve, like, takes the sling off of her arm, and she's like, I might not be able to shapeshift anymore, but I'm still ready and rearing to get some revenge on these pieces of shit. And yeah. Oh, That's the right did. attitude. I like the Malik mm-hmm. plan. Follow Maliker. D&D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold. 
Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold. Next time on D&D&D, Genevieve steps up and with a wave of her hand and a word from her lips, she creates this wall of fire around the table, incinerating these orcs. She waves her hand again and the wall of fire goes away and she looks to Zappas and she's like, don't you have like a fireball or something? Aren't you a wizard? Yeah, I'm a sorcerer. Thank you.